it is 572. Italy, having emerged from a decades-long war between the Byzantines and Ostrogoths, has once again fallen under the hegemony of a new European superpower. Lombard military leaders sweep through the provinces, dividing their newly annexed territory into 36 duchies. Now they are consolidating their control to mitigate any chance of rebellion from the native Romano-Ostrogothic population. Alboin, their supreme warrior leader, consecrates Pavia as the capital of his conquered realm and seizes a large tract of land in the south of Italy, establishing the duchies of Benevento and Spoleto. Later, these duchies will proclaim their independence and outlive the northern kingdom even after the Franks storm towards Pavia and overthrow the Lombard kingdom of Italy. In the soul of the peninsula, the southern dukes, not swearing complete allegiance to their northern contemporaries, will make studied efforts to hold on to their independence and maintain control over their respective realms, surviving into the 12th century. Droves of cultural changes are reinventing the Lombard domestic and social systems, ranging from new haircuts to sweeping changes in governing policies and international relations with entities like the Church and the Eastern Roman or Byzantine Empire. Many Lombards convert to Aryan Christianity, but paganism is still popular, earning the Lombards hatred from the Catholic Church based in Rome. Those dukes who remain loyal to the Lombard High Court act as handy military commanders. By rewarding them with duchies and capital cities, the king ensures their loyalty and servitude and secures a reliable military organization to call on in times of trouble. Apoplectic at the loss of so much of their territory, the Byzantines, unsurprisingly, refuse to pay homage to the Lombard leaders. Exhibiting impressive industry in securing their remaining enclave and jumpstarting their economy, the Byzantines regain military and monetary strength and stubbornly hang on to control over their sacred cities. Even so, the Lombard invasion has set a precedent. Italy is a country to be captured and extorted for money and negotiating power by foreign forces. Though a shrewd military tactician, Albuin has made plenty of enemies. For years, he has gambled on the fidelity of his inner circle, but this time, the fortunes will not favor him. His days are numbered. But before I recount the bloody end of King Alwin, if you're interested in hearing another story of a great king's grim downfall, then you should know that we just posted our bonus episode about the legendary King Arthur on MedievalExtras.com and on Patreon.com slash MedievalPodcast. Everyone who buys access to this premium episode through either website at the link below is helping us make medieval history accessible. Now you can also support us by buying our merchandise at MedievalExtras.com slash merch. And thank you to everyone who has already done so for making the creation of these episodes possible. Albuin's murder was not a glorious affair. The spark which set off the gunpowder keg came about when the Lombard king was making merry at a banquet in the former Roman metropolis of Verona in 572. At one point, Albuin ordered his wife Rosamund to drink wine from the goblet made of her father's head, and, Paul the Decon writes, quote, Rosamund conceived in her heart deep anguish she could not restrain. 
and straightway she burned to revenge the death of her father by the murder of her husband. Forming a plot, Rosamond slept with the strongman Peredeo, a friend of Alboin, under the guise of Peredeo's mistress. Once Rosamond had revealed that she was indeed not whom Peredeo believed her to be, she told Peredeo that if he did not kill Alboin, then Alboin would kill him for sleeping with his wife. So, when Alboin went to take a nap, Rosamund strapped his sword to the side of the bed so he would not be able to grab it in self-defense. Peredeo advised Rosamund to ask Helmichis to play the role of assassin. Helmichis stepped into Alboin's room, at which point Alboin became aware of the impending danger and desperately defended himself to the end with a footstool, until he was finally slain. According to Gregory of Tours' minimalistic account of the Lombard Kingdom, quote, when he died, she went off with the slave, but they were overtaken and put to death together. Then the Lombards chose another king over them. This new king, without blood relation to Alboin, was called Clef, a tenacious despot who oppressed the native Italian population and Byzantines, perhaps advocating a plutocratic social system and certainly mistreating his slaves. In all his flaws, however, he was a great military leader and fought to grasp control of the last remaining districts of northern Italy, conquering Tuscany and advancing his forces upon Ravenna, a Byzantine-held city. Paul the Decon illustrated Clef as, quote, a very noble man among them. Of many powerful men of the Romans, some he destroyed by the sword and others he drove from Italy. When he had held the sovereignty with Masane, his wife, one year and six months, he was slain with the sword by a servant of his train. Though his reign saw the riches of the Lombard Kingdom of Italy flourish, he was at his essence a tyrant and only lasted 18 months on the throne before being overthrown by a young slave whom he had abused. After Clef was deposed, the Lombard Kingdom of Italy was snatched by a period of political trouble during which time control of the realm was jointly held by the dukes and military leaders of the provinces for at least 10 years. The Kingdom of the Franks, occupying Gaul and some territory in Germany, took advantage of the leadership vacancy in Italy and demanded tributary payment from the fledgling but wealthy kingdom. Notwithstanding the rivalry between the dukes and generals of the realm, the consensus concluded that the kingdom could not continue to be divided and the Lombards would have to elect a ruler. But who would they choose? Why are you still listening? Please subscribe to our podcast catalog or visit the links to Medieval Extras and our Patreon page below. Thank you 